Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's BMW Championship. That's storylines, best bets, one and done. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, hello. How's it, boys? I hope you're all well. Um, we're having thunderstorms here in the southeast. East Lake's going to be wet next week. Mm, mm. That's like Memphis. Mm, okay. Mm, yeah. Keep that in mind. Put that in the back of our brains for the next couple of days. Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. What's going on, boys? Maybe the uh the moisture in the southeast. Is that gonna keep you away from Rory, Mark? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> He's good when it's moist. Maybe maybe He's it should. Yeah. What would have to happen, Mark? What would have to happen for you to not play Rory next week? In uh, someone's gonna give me a whole lot of money. A lot what of if money. he tears his ACL? Would you still, I'll still play him? Yeah. Don't yeah. What if you get passed this week? I'll stop. I'm going to play him anyway. Oh, yeah. If, was... if you get passed this it week, you say... should, you should not play him next week. Yeah. Because, because Kyle, if Kyle M passes you, Kyle M has Rory. Oh, true. All right. Cool. So you'd, you'd solidify yourself into second. You got to go Lucas Glover or Brian Harmon or Wyndham Clark. Yes. Lucas Glover is not a bad pick right now. Golly. He might never, he might never lose again. Kyle Porter is here. KP, does Lucas Glover ever lose again? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, yes, he will. Um, I compared Lucas Glover today to uh, Shohei Otani, who I'm going to see tonight. Oh, because they're in very cool the Rangers, playing the Rangers. A couple of flushers, Otani and Lucas Glover. Okay, can I tell you that I looked up Angels tickets the other night in here in LA, and they were a dollar to get in to see. Sure, Tony is like the seventh best baseball player of all time. I know, dollar. You want to see him? Dollar. He's the uh, richest athlete in Japan ever, right? <laughs> Wait till uh, he signs his new deal. Not yet. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, my my kid. I'm taking my boys who are nine and six, and uh, my my buddy that. Works for the Rangers, got us tickets, great seats. I'm I'm fired up. We need to get this podcast done so I can get over there. Is he pitching tonight? No, he was supposed to. When, whenever my buddy set, set me up with the tickets, he was slated for tonight. But, it, I mean, obviously, this was like a week ago, so obviously it changes. Uh, he's in a bit of a slump right now, KP. Maybe you and the Porter boys can send him some good vibes, get him out of it. He gets a three-homer night. Have you Ooh. seen – Have you, Rick, have you seen the clip uh, – The 
have I showed you the foul no, ball? I, I just read it in your newsletter. Oh my gosh, it's insane. Yeah. That's why I compared him to Lucas Glover. They're just center of the club face, center of the bat. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. The sound. Uh he oh. heard foul down the line and it was like a thunderstorm. It, it was, sounded like cannon fire. Yeah, it was it was wild stuff. Lucas Glover uh does the same thing. So that was a good, very good comp by you. Okay, gents, this is you got to introduce Greg. I already did. He did. Wow. 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 Did you think I would not introduce Greg? I, listen, no. I'm I I, the baseball game. Already. I'm going to see myself out and just go to this Rangers. Just Rangers <laughs> yeah. You're just trying to exit stage left right now. Yeah, Stop and by. But that one was foul. Yeah, that was foul. Sorry. You got to get back in the box. Uh, 50. We're down to 50. We'll cut it down to 30. And Greg, this is our last chance this season, which next season, well, I guess next season doesn't start till January, but we're going to have a lot of events before then. Last time we get everybody starting at even par because next week, not so much. It's a really good point. Uh, and, and last week, you know, the bubble was a really big deal getting into this event. All the players that are playing this week are in the, um, signature events next year uh and and now what you're playing for not only to get into east lake but you're playing for positioning and in a way in a very strange way uh your your positioning is it determines your likelihood of winning so it's it's a really important week and and um you know last week the points up at the top rom scheffler rory for example it wasn't all that important um you know, there wasn't going to be too much movement, but now this week it's going to determine your starting position. So it becomes very important. And for, for John Rom to get that number one spot, you know, that, that's a big deal. So it, it's a, an additional layer to watch for this week. Yeah. Mark, we were talking about this. I think it was, it must've been last week about how being in the top five heading into Eastlake is almost essential. If you are going to win the FedEx Cup. As of right now, before this tournament kicks off on Thursday morning, your top five are John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McElroy, Lucas Glover, and Patrick Cantlay. Those guys are leading the pack as of right now to be your FedEx Cup champ. I hear that list and I think of like four headliners, you know, the showstoppers, and then Lucas, who's fast becoming, you know, one of those. Um, yeah, it is. Last year, of course, there have been outliers. Rory was outside the top five when he won last year. And like we highlighted, then he triple bogeys the first hole. And I think he was like 10 back with 71 holes to play. And I'll never forget. And that shows you, Yeah, I know you guys have an issue with a staggered leaderboard. But, you know, that first round, Rory just didn't hit the ball very well at all. And I had him on the call for PGA Tour Live. So I saw the entire day. And he cobbled together the scrappiest looking 72 you've ever seen. But when he walked off 18, uh, he, there was a bit of a bounce in his step because remember, he's three over through one and 10 back. And the 72 kept him in it. Then the next day, he didn't have his best stuff, but he played better. He shot something in the 60s and just sort of gradually made his way up the field. But to your observation, there is absolutely no doubt that being inside the top five is an advantage. Remember in years past, basically, though, if you were in the top five, it was only really one of the top five that could ostensibly win the thing because of the way the points were distributed. But now, nowadays, I mean, you can go out and play crazy for four rounds and be well back, but it is an advantage to be farther under par, obviously. 
the last seven years, KP, we have played this event at seven different venues. We have bopped around all over the yard. You want to take a you want to take a stab at naming them? Caves Valley. Caves Valley 2021. Olympia Fields 2020. There you go. Oh gosh, this is gonna be tough. You um, know last year. Come on. Delaware. Last year was in Delaware. Wilmington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um those are the three most recent. Gosh. BMW. What about Crooked Stick? Crooked Stick 2016. 20. Let's see here. Who what De- Dustin Johnson? Conway Farms. Right? Conway Farms. That was 17. That wasn't the that wasn't the Furic was like 2013, right? 2014. Furic was way Furic was. never won this. He shot he 59 there, 50. though. Oh, he shot sorry. 59 at Conway Farms. Yeah. So we have one one more. Uh, two. <laughs> two, two more. Wait. <laughs> That was that was egregious. Uh, I think we have two more. Aronimink, there you go. Who won? That's a good one. Uh, Keegan, Keegan. Justin Rose. Oh, Keegan. Keegan. Keegan Keegan beat Justin Rose in a playoff. Yeah, that's that's right. And then the one we're missing is Justin Thomas. JT BMW. There you go. Good job. So, great call. Oh, he shot like a sixty there. Well. Fina was in the mix. They went nuts. Good segue to my point here, because for the vast majority of those events, KP, 22 under, 23 under, 23 under, 25 under, 27 under, that John Rahm year at Olympia Fields where we are this time around, four under par. This this doesn't look like the other ones. No, it's it's very different. And I remember, I mean, Olympia Fields is like a big time. Have Have they hosted a major there? I US think they Open. have. Yeah. Furyk won. won the U.S. Open. 2003. Yeah, 2003. Uh, it, it's 1928, a... did I read? That is oh, correct, Greg. Sure, of also, course. We're getting yeah, trivia we started remember early. how that turned out. Yep, Johnny Farrell, uh, 10 over par, winner. Who could, who could forget? That. Also, two PGA championships, 1961-1925, Walter Hagen and Jerry Barber. Jerry Barber was a flusher. Did you know that this Olympia Fields was once a 72-hole facility when it was built? Yes. Mm. No. They, their um, clubhouse, well, other than being enormous. It's palatial. They don't have a ni- they, yeah. They, they don't have a 19th hole. They have a 73rd hole. That's oh, what they call the bar? The bar? The, yeah, the bar. Nice. That's a good, that's a good nugget right there. It's only 36 now, though. They should do. They should. I wish it was still seventy-two because they could. Uh, they should. They could shotgun start and play the entire tournament in one day. There you go. <laughs> now we're talking. That would be sweet, Commissioner. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, listen, like it, it's it, for me, it's it's preferable to the twenty-three under. I think you saw in in twenty twenty, who were the two best players in the world at the time. Rom and DJ were up there, right? And and they're they're the ones that get into the playoff and and have kind of a a showdown there. So uh, yeah, I, I'm very it's it's just it's a major championship like course. Now you can set it to where it's not a major championship like test, but man, it was it was tough in 2020. I'm excited about that for this week. 
Yeah, and you look at the uh, the numbers, Greg, and these fairways are about as narrow as you can get, about 25 yards on average, which was the second most narrow in 2020, the fourth most difficult course in 2020, the fewest or lowest birdie or better percentage, uh, the lowest, let's see, what else do I have here? Fairways, greens and regulations. Greens? Yeah, greens and regulations, sixth hardest. Fairways, hardest to hit. I, I think the um, average greens of regulation number was like 58%. That's correct. Um, which is just insane. The fairway number, I think, was 48%. So, right? Like, that is correct. You're oh. on top of your game today. Uh, it, it, so you're, you're going to miss a lot of fairways. Now, it was really firm. And what I've heard is there's a, a lot of rain since about June. They've had nine inches of rain since June, um, which is a lot since late June. So I think it's going to be a little softer. Uh, the fairways will play a little wider. The rough will be a little longer. So I think it'll be a different test, but still very challenging. Uh, and and where in, in 2020, you did have a lot of big hitters, Rom and DJ being the highlight. You had some flushers uh, in that top five, like Finau and Neiman and Hideki. Um, but at the same time, you had Brian Harmon in the mix. You had Brendan Todd in the mix. You had some shorter hitters who also competed. And I, I think as this golf course gets plays a little longer uh, and, and the fairways play a little wider, the rough plays a little thicker, I think it's going to put an even bigger em emphasis on distance this week. Um, everybody's going to miss fairways, probably not as often as they did when it was really firm in 2020, but I, I do think that's going to present a challenge. So I, I think it, it, it reminds me a lot of winged foot where, you know, bi the big hitters are going to kind of show out this week. Doesn't matter where they've played it, Mark. Each of the last two years, the same guys won it. His name, Patrick Cantlay. Also worth noting, he was brewing last week, got himself in a playoff against Lucas Glover, but nobody beats Lucas Glover in a playoff. So Patrick Cantlay uh, certainly timing this up to try to go for three in a row it's uncanny isn't it and just to take a backtrack to a week to last week because you know you guys would know you were covering the thing with post-game reps he wasn't part of the conversation really until you know the final 12 holes of the tournament but he just kind of lurks around the place and that's how he plays and if there was a golf course that was going to suit his game it's this place you know he's, he's gotten more accurate off the tee as he's gone to a fade shot of late um, he's a really sound iron striker. Uh, and the golf course I remember, and I'm going to date myself, and you guys will get after me, but when <laughs> I was there in 2003 for the U.S. Open, I remember it just being mammoth, really, really long with heavy rough. And I'm expecting more of the same, and they're like 600-plus-yard par fives and stuff. Now, nowadays, that's different to back in 03. Um, but you have to play from the fairway. You really, really do. And... Candley is sort of sneaky, long, very accurate, marvelous iron player. And he's just got that sort of mindset to be able to deal with these difficult places. Like last week in Memphis, it was oppressive. The heat was just ghastly. The golf course was sloppy. It was a heavy walk. It was demanding if you missed fairways. And you just saw him kind of just bide his time and bide his time. And the next thing, he's basically got a putt to win uh, in regulation. Um, so, look, I would not be surprised whatsoever 
uh, if he if he doesn't contend again this week. I honestly wouldn't. Then you got Eastlake next week, and his record around there is pretty stout as well. So um, yeah, Cantley looks so good for the next few weeks to me. If he does, KP win for his third. Oh no, I was looking at the wrong. I was looking at the wrong one. I was going to give you the guys to win their last three consecutive starts, not the last to win the same tournament three times in a row. Three consecutive starts was uh, DJ. Yep. Um, Tiger Woods is in there somewhere. <laughs> yep. Sure. Yeah. Tiger's done it probably five times. Mm-hmm. Somebody did it recently. DJ was the most recent. Okay. Uh, maybe somebody had a chance. I mean, maybe Rom had a chance to do it recently. You were thinking of Brendan Todd. The, how could you forget? Yeah, the, for sure. the So DJ did it in 2017. Tiger did it in 2008. There's a guy in the middle. Uh, <clears throat> oh, Rory. That's 14. Right. Yep, that's right. Uh, I'm, I'm still looking for the other stat, but it would be a short list of guys to go back to back to back now. Um, I, I suppose d- it's weird, right? Doing it in a 50 person field, no cut Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley. These guys who are, are always aligned with one another don't often get the credit that they deserve KP, but go, it doesn't matter to me. I, I actually think it's even more impressive to do it at three different courses. If you were to pull it off. Why do you say they don't get the credit they deserve? Because they don't do anything super sexy. Xander's wins are kind of weird ones. Cantlay shows up and backs into a memorial victory and then by default gets jumped up into the FedEx Cup points and then wins the Tour Championship. So there's just like these, I don't want to say they're asterisks, but they're just like weird circumstances. Who do you think has been a better winner over the course of their career, Xander or Cantlay? Cantlay. Can't lay. Can't lay. Why? Uh, qualitative event to me, I would probably have to say. Quantity. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> I think I think Xander's got I think Xander's got more, and I think you could argue that they're better. I the, listen, like winning the isn't BMW champion isn't doesn't can't lay have eight and Xander have seven. Is that right? Can't lay has eight. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I, I was thinking he had like six, but okay. I, I just, in my head, maybe I just don't count the memorial, but uh, <laughs> winning, the BM, winning the BMW championship is super impressive. I It just, we talked about this on Sunday, Rick. It loses some luster for me when you don't, I, 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 I just, I'll never understand the major championship thing with him. It feels it feels a little bit empty because of how just weak he's been in, in majors. And that's probably unfair, but I think that Cantlay should be held to a superstar standard. That's how good he is. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, listen, like to do it across different venues in different years, it speaks to the quality of his game. I, it just doesn't, for whatever reason with camp with both of these guys, it just doesn't really land for me. Last six starts for Lucas Glover here, Greg. Uh, T4, T6, fifth, miscut, win, win. That segment, that stretch is basically what Scotty Scheffler has done this year, what Rory McIlroy has done this year. Obviously, a small sample size, but how how real is this? Is this 
Is this real or is it feels? Well, one, it bothers me because I, I played him in one and done in one of those events. Can you the guess mis- which one? The miscut. The miscut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is just, I mean, it, it's it's gut wrenching, quite frankly. <laughs> um, but besides the point, how real is this? This is real. And the reason is that he, this is a guy who over the last, since 2013, so it's, if you include this year, 11 seasons, his average rank on tour in TD Green performance is 37 and change. It's really good. Off the tee, it's 30th. It's a little higher approach to Green because there was one year where he was 125th, but basically every year he's inside the top 50 in strokes gained approach and Green's a regulation. And so his tee to Green stuff has been phenomenal for this entire time. Uh, and and the putting has been a gaping hole, and and it's not just that oh, he he's on team nobody can't get any putts to fall. It's the fear of missing from three feet, three feet right. Ta- I mean tappins are not tappins for what, him. Missing the ball or missing the hole or both? Uh, well, uh, close yeah. to both. Yeah, I haven't seen him fully miss the ball, but I've seen him try. And that is a real, that has an effect on what you do with your ball striking too. I mean, it's an anxiety that most players, most golfers don't have to deal with. In fact, most golfers don't even put those, right? Just scoop them up onto the next tee. Uh, um, But now all of a sudden you solve that issue and you get a day like you did last Sunday where you can, you feel like you can lean on your putter. So when you, when you can handle the really close ones, all of a sudden, the longer ones, you get a little freed up and they start going in a little more. The pace gets a little better. And because you're not worried about the next one, you're worried about getting the first one right. Uh, you're, when you get to, uh, you know, around the greens and, and you're hitting a chip shot, that oh, hitting it inside of four feet is a good shot. Well, that worried him before. Now it doesn't. You're hitting an approach shot, you hit it to 20 feet. You're, you're not worried about three putting that. You have a chance to make it. So it affects every single level of the game, this problem that he solved. And he's he's solved it. And he he believes that he solved it. So n- now you can look at Lucas Glover as a, a Otani-type flusher, right? And, and <laughs> there's something behind it. There, There's actually the real chance that he does have a good putting week. And it allows him to win. I so this is really cool and, and very real to me. Yeah, I'd like to add something to that. Um Look, the beauty about what he did the last couple of weeks, aside from winning, which is so hard, is he did it in different ways. I mean, he was dominant at Greensboro. Last week, he was good, but he, he, he was kind of leaking a little bit and still found a way to keep himself in the mix after he lost the lead and then to make some really clutch putts coming down the stretch there. I mean, that one on 17, that was just gorgeous. But last week, I did uh, have you know text um, conversation with his now swing coach Jason Bale. And the strange thing is, for all those averages you mentioned of the ball striking, Greg, um, Lucas had kind of lost it a bit. And when he went back to Jason, the mandate was, and I use Jason's words or Lucas's words, was to guess, get the thump in my strike back. And it's kind of like we were talking about some with Morikawa where the numbers were there, but it just wasn't hit, right? And so imagine how good a guy's ball striking was if he's putting up those tee to green numbers, but he's disappointed with the way the golf ball has been hit. 
And now this guy, I called him at John Deere. I had him um, uh, Saturday in Greensboro. I spent some time watching him on the range um, Saturday, Sunday last week. It is a freaking clinic the way he's hitting it right now. Flat, penetrating, little baby draw all the time. He has a fade if he needs to go to. But the sound of the thing, to build on what you guys said about Otani, there honestly, there's, there's a thump to the golf ball. And look, it's not like Rory where he hits a ball where the thing climbs up into the air like a homesick angel. This thing just pierces through the wind, turns over a little bit, and, and it is so reliable. And when he has to, it's that low, flat draw off the tee. And he's only missed twice that I've seen. And was the 18th at Greensboro, final hole. We pulled 14th at... And, and 17, 17 or 14? 17. Um, I thought it was 14 when he hit it in the water. No, that was, well, not... wipe, was a wipe off to the right. I, but, but I'm talking off the tee now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. He is going to be crucial this week. Then he hit one on 17 last week, 71st hole down the left hand side, but made an unreal save. Um, it's it, it is it's magical to watch the guy hit the thing. And then you've got a guy who mentally looks like he's playing with house money right now. Yes. He's like, gee whiz, this is just bonus. They ask him about the Ryder Cup. He goes, man, that's the first time I thought about it. Because now he's like, well, this is so much fun. I'm enjoying playing the game again, to use his words. And I think it's open season. I really do. I mean, the minds uh, of the games there, he's feeling good. Two questions. One, I want to come back to you on this, Mark, to give you a second to think about it. We we gave our uh, our six captain's picks on Sunday for the Ryder Cup team. I would, I would love to hear who yours are right now, in addition to the six that are already qualified. But first, Rick, uh, just to give you time to think about that, Mark, is there a is there a comp for Lucas? Like I, we talk about the team no putt thing and, you know, there's obviously a, a bunch of different guys that are on it, but is, is there a true comp for Lucas Glover? Like to be that, I mean, people, people talk about his ball striking, like it's Rory tiger, Ron, like whoever you want to throw in there, like, like legitimately in that group. And then we see video of him, you know, nearly missing like one foot putts. Is there, is there any comp there for, for him? I think the closest, just the first off the top of my head, and I don't, I don't think there's a ton of good comps, but like Luke List comes to mind, right? Like sure. Luke List is just a masher and cannot do anything with the flat stick. Um, did you were you gonna jump in there, Greg? Did you have a good one? I have one that's a little different. Um, is it Kyle Stanley? Henrik Stenson. Oh, uh, Kyle Stanton. <laughs> Kyle Stanton. Kyle so Stanton's a good one. Luke List is just yeah. so long for me. He's Clemson like, boys. The Stenson thing to me, the it's the the yips, but the driver yips. <laughs> yeah, you know, instead of putting yips. Stenton, Westwood is Westwood a good comp? Westwood flushes it. Yeah, he had a case I of the golf swing yips too at one stage. You know, that Sergio that. told us he was closing his eyes to putt. That doesn't sound very confident to me for a guy who flushes it. Sergio it might be actually a good comp. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, I, but I don't, but I think that's part of it. The, the, the team, no putt part of things, but I also think there's not a lot of comps for guys who do this at this age and do what he's doing as quickly. So it's, it's, it's a very unique story. I know we're spending a lot of oxygen on Lucas Glover the last couple of weeks, but it's very, it's very he deserves it. yeah, he, I, no, it, I agree. He does deserve it. And it is, it's, it's unique in a bunch of different ways, right? The 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 getting hot at the end of the year, the late career sort of 
you know, re resurgence. Like it, it's, it is cool. And it's, 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 it's kind of a one of one type thing in terms of what we've covered over the last several years. Let me put it to you this way quickly, uh, Rick, about covering him. A lot of his contemporaries at his stage and maybe marginally older, whose games are kind of went sour a little bit. They went to go play golf for a different league for the guaranteed bucks. And yes, Lucas, who got to South Florida, grinded his rear end off in the sun there day in, day out to get the putting figured out. He started changing putters after talking with Adam Scott, got the golf swing worked. I mean, this was pure investment. And it speaks to a, a passion for the game and a passion for work and a passion for performance. And, and you've got to tip your cap to him because it's easy just to capitulate and go play for live. It's as simple as that. And he didn't. Here are the uh, Ryder Cup standings, Mark. And the way that we did this last night or whenever that was, uh, last week. So we said, okay, Scheffler's on, Clark's on, Cantlay's on, Harmon, Kepka, Homa. Now you you get to pick the final six. Right. Uh, so the stage is yours. Right. Shuffley, Spieth, Marikawa, Fowler, Lucas. And one more. <laughs> uh, didn't I do that that's, six? That's only five. You said Xander, Spieth, Morikawa, Fowler, Lucas. That's five. Given the golf course and the way it's likely to play from all the reports I've heard, Keegan Bradley. All right. So that is no Cameron Young. It is no Sam Burns. It is no Justin Thomas, Mark. No, sir. That might be a unique. I think that is unique. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to, I'm, look, I, I've got no beef with Justin Thomas. He's a fantastic player and he's a tremendous teammate for Jordan Spieth. But you, um, you also got to go with guys that are still playing well. And, and look, Keegan, I know he, has, he isn't on top of stuff, but for me, he's better than Sam Burns right now. Uh, Ricky, just the way he's been playing of late, he, I think he, he's, he almost mu is, is a must pick. Um, and of course, then you've got, uh, Xander and company and Jordan look they must have so you know why not go with Lucas roll the dice on the guy he's playing beautifully he's putting awesome and he's the kind of guy who can play with anybody you know, Keegan too I mean the last time I saw Keegan in a Ryder Cup was in Medina and he was he played alongside Phil Mickelson among other folks and the guy was a lightning rod I mean he was like JT almost on the first hole um, there was this amphitheater you play down the hill um, Phil was goading him to hit driver in alternate shots. So Keegan just swung away and smashed it straight down the middle. I'll never forget there was a putt hold on 15 by Keegan and Pepsi. His caddy at the time was waving the flag around the place. They were all red, white, and blue. And so Keegan would be awesome because he's super patriotic as well. I mean, it'd be a thrill for him to line up on that team. Phil was goading him to hit driver because he had Keegan will miss the first fairway at plus 300 or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, the thing we didn't talk about on Sunday, Rick, is is Bryson. And yeah. I just forgot. I mean, it wasn't – it was just an omission. Like, it was just a mistake. I, I just forgot about him because he's not in the rankings. and But he's playing – He's playing very good golf, and it's not just a live thing. He finished fourth at the PGA Championship, uh, made the cut at three major. He's he's played good golf. The the Glover thing is, man, I don't know. Like you can kind of tie me into it, but it's it's just Rick. It's so hard to envision somebody who didn't play a major championship in 2023 making the Ryder Cut. Like that's just a it could happen, and maybe it should happen. But that's a pretty crazy thing if it did happen. Um. 
I do want to say this along the Bryson lines, because last weekend in our green room, this conversation was being pitched and they came to me. I'm like, I'd, I'd consider Bryson. And uh, there's a guy called Alex who he and his crew do all the shot uh, link stuff for the tour. And he said to me, did you see the strokes gain numbers for the 50-80 shot? Because I was camping on the 58 in the way he had played of late. And he said, apparently, um, it was barely a couple strokes below what um, the average score was on the day at the Greenbrier. So he goes, look, it was impressive to shoot, but really it wasn't like he was an outlier. So they were essentially essentially trying to convince me that, look, it was 58, but it wasn't really that great. And so I was like, all right, fine. Um, but I will say this in terms of great, the golf I've seen from Lucas Glover has been great. It's been complete. It hasn't, he's, he's not been a one trick pony. That's for certain. It has been complete. I might need Alex's number. He sounds like he'd be a friend of mine. <laughs> it, it yeah, uh, Rick had that. Rick had that first, Mark. Do you not follow Rick Gaiman? Rick run good on Twitter? Uh, I do. Good but follow. Some of us some of us aren't tweeting from two to six on a Sunday. Yeah, that's true. Um, it has been complete. It's also been a very, very small window. I, I think Lucas Glover can play his way onto the team this week at the BMW Championship. So in, in addition to... <clears throat> Everything that's at stake for him with three in a row, tour championship, FedEx, like so many different things. I think I think if he plays, I think if he plays very well this week, I think he's going to be on the Ryder Cup team. Yeah, oh, agreed. And and to build on that, I'm not sure what his FedEx Cup ranking is right now, but he's not in the 30. I know that. Fourth. He's oh, fourth. Oh, oh, forgive me. Oh goodness gracious, I'm losing my mind. Um, you want another golf course that's going to suit his eye? Eastlake. That place is like this, and you like it turns from right to left except for the fifteenth hole, basically, and uh, you got to drive it and hit it around there. And he's comfortable in the southeast in the heat. Uh, last thing before we get to the next segment, we'll do best bets, one and done, all that fun stuff. Greg, I've got a graphic here. Really, Josh has a graphic here about that magic number, that thirty, and there's some pretty compelling names on both sides of this line, uh, twenty six through thirty. Terrell Hatton, Jordan Spieth, Sung J.M., Chris Kirk, Sam Burns. Chance those guys are not around for the tour championship. Um, despite the year that Hatton's had and Sung J and Jordan Spieth, all that fun stuff. Sam Burns a winner this year. And then trying to displace them, 31 through 35, Sahith, Justin Rose, Kirk Kitayama, Denny McCarthy, Seamus Power. They're not playing as well, but hey, one decent week and they can flip this right around and get themselves a, a ticket to next week. We saw uh, at the Wyndham only one player go from outside to inside. It was Lucas Glover last week. Two players went from uh, outside the top 50 to inside. It's been very limited. And the reason is the guys near the bubble you see on the top half of that list there, if you're watching on YouTube uh, from Tyrrell Hatton to Sam Burns, you know, the guys that have been on that side of the bubble have played really well over the last two weeks. And it looks like on paper, those guys will play a little better uh, than the guys on the bottom side of the list as well. Uh, just because it just based on recent form, although I would say Justin Rose has my attention at 32. It seems like he figured something out last week. I know a, a 61 is just a, a crazy number, but um, he really did play three nice rounds of golf after a 76 in the opener. So if he found something, you know, you're looking at a uh, top fifth, uh, you know, top 17 or so, uh, um, my estimation for Justin Rose, 
Um, but you start going beyond that and even beyond the Seamus power in the 35th spot and guys are needing top fives, you know, they, they need really, really good numbers. Uh, real like Cam Young, I think needs a top five. Hideki needs a top five. It may even be top four. I don't have that number right in front of me. So it, it's going to be a tough road for the guys on the outside getting in. Uh, outside of really Sahith and Justin Rose, and I guess Danny McCarthy, too, although his form hasn't been great. Uh, they're going to have to really step up and you know contend. Yeah, they're going to have to go out and play well. Uh, KP, last thought on this. So Jordan Spieth, so three years in a row, he's made the tour championship. Then he had that drought where he missed it for three years. And then before that, obviously, he had made it five consecutive years. So add it all up. He's made the tour championship by my count. Eight out of 11 years, very much up for debate in 2023. Yeah, I mean, the, what you just described sounds like a roller coaster of a career. <laughs> His his big picture is also his little picture. Like he's 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 his his day to day is emblematic of his of his the long arc of his career. And I mean, listen, he hasn't been great this summer, and obviously it was better last week. It was a lot of kind of getting away with not hitting it that great, though. I mean, there were <laughs> there were a lot of chip-ins and bunker shots and putts and I, I i'm not i don't know i'm not super super confident going into this week for him we are confident however in our bets because we're always confident on tuesday it's the sunday that's the problem we will get to the bets the one and done selections which are not pretty but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. He is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And we're back. Let's talk about the wagers. We'll go through matchups, finishing positions, outrights, best bets, all that fun stuff. And Mark, we're going to start with you and your matchup. And you have opted to go right back to the hot hand. Yeah, I've been crying about him, haven't I? First off, I was a little aggravated at Eric Cole falling short over the weekend last week against Justin Rose. That's in the past. We're going to look forward. Yes, Mark, I do. Uh, <laughs> I just love when Ben on was two under through four. You let everyone know you should have picked Ben on in the one and done. Yeah, thankfully I didn't. Only sixty-eight more holes to go here, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I was doing. I, I was getting ahead of myself. <laughs> End of the season, you got to be. I've never, of- never known you to do that, Mark. <laughs> Golf is kind of my life. Um, yeah, I think Glover at a positive number over Cam Young, who's sort of 
looking less than complete right now is a good move. Uh, Lucas is playing with a whole lot of confidence. He's 43, but he's still got a whole lot of energy. Uh, and and he's just so freaking down to earth. I mean, I'm talking to him Saturday, and I'm like, uh, he was out with gray slacks. And I'm like, that's warm. He goes, well, I'm going to go and do laundry. I'm like, doing laundry? Are you serious? He goes, yeah, I do my own laundry. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm now even a bigger fan of what I am. So random information, I'm a fan of Lucas plus 115 over Cam Young. Uh, speaking of guys who are going in the wrong direction, Matt Fitzpatrick, I'm going to try to pick on him a little bit. Sam Burns over Matt Fitzpatrick. Burns played better on the weekend, was horrible on Thursday and Friday, but Matt Fitzpatrick has been struggling for the last couple of weeks. KP, you have actually gone against the man we have just talked about, Jordan Spieth. Who have you picked over him? Yeah, this is a, this is what we call a life hedge, mm-hmm. where if I lose, I still win because Spieth played well. So Sung Jay's uh, top 20 and three of his last four, I believe played very well last week. Uh, I don't think Spieth is going, I, I just, I don't think his iron play is where it needs to be on a difficult golf course right now um, to, to, you know, finish in the top 10, top 15, where I think Sung Jay is probably going to finish. Greg, you looked up and down the betting board and you said, I don't need to go any further. I'm going to find one right here at the top with the big boys. Yes. Now, when we get to the outrights, this may make a little more sense. There's a little bit of a hedge here. Okay. Um, I like both these guys, Patrick Cantlay and John Rahm. I'm taking Cantlay at plus money over John Rahm. I don't think it's right that Patrick Cantlay is at plus money against anybody in this tournament, uh, especially after what he did last week. And one of the things I really enjoyed watching was the way he drove it. He had it on an absolute string on Sunday. And for, fortunately for me, I didn't see the first hole live. So every time I saw him hit a tee shot, uh, he hit the fairway. And uh, I didn't watch the playoff. I'm just kidding. Very nice. Yeah, this is I, nice until, until, the, until the playoff. Um, so it, it was a wonderful driving display. And I think that's going to go a long way for him this week. Uh, John Rahm has been... A little shaky in opening rounds. I'm wondering if I can get a little early round lead and and watch Rom try to pick away at Cantlay. But if Cantlay gets a lead in something like this, I I really like his chances. He's going to be tough to beat. That's Cantlay over John Rom for Greg. Finishing positions, we all found top 20s, which makes sense considering there's only 50 players in this field. Mark, we'll go to you here. Even money for your top 20. Who is it, please? For Tom Kim. Um... A man, foot injury. What foot injury? Uh, he looked really good last week after um, taking Greensboro off with uh, the foot injury. And and he just seems like he's matured into a really sound player who plays all manner of golf course as well. He's accurate as heck. He looks like he's getting a bit of a beat on where the golf swing is too. And, and he putts beautifully. So um, I'm looking for a guy to play from the fairway a whole bunch. And Tom Kim is your man. Top 20 plus 100. Certainly does play out of the short grass frequently. Uh, Greg, your top 20, also at plus money. Who is it, please? It's Siwoo Kim, plus 130. Uh, he has been hitting it really well. 10 out of his last 11, gaining strokes off the tee. Uh, 10 out of his last 10, gaining strokes approaching the green. A- and you know that he has a really, really good short game. It hasn't been on fire of late, but he's he's really solid tee to green. 
So I love Siwoo Kim this week. The broomstick's been a, a little cold uh, of late, but maybe <laughs> Lucas You know he's dead again. You know the old dead. cold broomstick. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he had the short putter out last week. Yeah, so he just the broomstick was short. Well, I'm thinking he's going to go back to the broomstick. Okay. Well, he should he should figure something out because the, the short one didn't work either. Uh, plus one thirty for top twenty. I went with Adam Spenson plus two thirty to finish inside the top twenty. It's basically the longest odds you can get for anybody in the field. I think maybe a couple guys are a little bit longer than this, but uh, looks much better. Looks like he did in the fall when that victory came at the RSM Classic. And KP, you have said enough messing around. I'm not going to do anything with your plus money. I'm taking someone at the top of the board. Yeah, bravely, bravely taking Rory to finish in the top. Uh, I mean, there's only 50 guys in the field. What's he going to finish 37th? Probably not. I, I just listen. Like, I need, I need dubs here. I need wins. I, I'm going to go three for four. Sung Jay's going to beat Spieth. Rory's gonna, for sure going to finish in the top 20, and then Hovland's going to win the tournament. So I just, I'm trying to go three for four, and this was the easiest way to do it. Well, there you go. Hovland, 16 to 1 is your first outright. Why don't you just tell us who the other one is? Uh, John Rahm. Uh, I think he played better than he finished last week. I'm a little worried about the driver, but obviously has a good history here. And I, yeah, I, I just think he's a better number than some of the other guys at the top. Uh, there was a comment that's from Woody that makes me think, I wonder if there's a book out there that will let you parlay who wins this week with who wins the FedEx Cup? Because they are uh, by the, together. And by the way, has Scheffler ever won a tournament after the month of April? I don't think he's ever won May to December. No, because his, his first win was was what? last year. Uh, oh yeah, won Phoenix. Won them all in, 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 in Phoenix. Yeah. Then he defended in Phoenix, and then and then he won Players, Masters. No, he's never match play. No, it's a very it's short window. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Victor Hovland, 16 to 1. John Rahm, 9 to 1. I also have Victor Hovland on my cart. I also have Roy McElroy on mine. This feels on paper a lot like Oak Hill. I think you got to drive it. I think you got to be long, wetter, the better. Give me Rory McElroy. Greg, you have a crossover with John Rahm, and you are foreshadowing what your outright card looks like. So describe to the people what's going on here. Uh, same. It looks very much like my matchup, except in uh, so John Rom at nine to one and Cantlay at ten to one. I John Rom. I was a little worried about the driver as well. I think this place is going to suit him a little better. So for one, on Saturday after two bad driving days, Thursday and Friday, he led the field in strokes gained off the tee. I think he's going to have it figured out. And in the if he doesn't, he's not going to lose his distance. And I think you're, uh, I think you're at a real big advantage here when you can hit it a long way. So you got to have it in play to some degree, but, um, but the longer, the better for me this week. Uh, and then Patrick Cantlay just looks so in control last week. The swing is, I already talked about it. I'm, I'm very high on what Cantlay has going on. So Rom nine to one, Cantlay 10 to one. So in the theme of uh, little connections, little crossovers here, Mark, you also have Patrick Cantlay on your outright card. So describe that and who else makes your cut. Well, just the way Cantlay is playing, like I said last week, it's, it's like there's no urgency to his game. He's not trying to force anything. 
Um, he's allowing the tournaments to come to him, and he's sort of of the belief by the decisions he's making, at least it appears so from from my point of view, that he, he sort of believes over 72 holes he's likely to be the guy. So I'm expecting him to hopefully pull off the three-peat here. And then in terms of Tommy Fleetwood, uh, two quick stories. Number one, the word is, I have not confirmed this, but this is the word on the street, that he went to Vegas to work with Butch. And after a very short amount of time, Butch is like, right, you're going to leave now. You're swinging it that well. I don't need to be around you anymore. And <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what, the guy I watched play for two rounds last week, it was incredible the way he struck it. Um, honestly, the pattern of the golf ball through the air, the tra trajectory control, he was taking speed off wedges. He had the whole thing going on, dialing spin down. And then he's got this mini driver. And perhaps I made a bit too much about it in the uh, in the show, but I, I was speaking with him and Ian Finnis on the range. He's, Ian Finnis is his caddy. And Fino, got, Fino goes, this thing travels about 280. And he goes, my guy's hitting the iron so well right now that he's okay with just hitting it to the corner of the dog leg at 280, playing from the fairway with seven iron or something because he knows he's going to hit it close. And that speaks to a guy who's really, really confident in how the iron game is, where you can kind of lay back, and I use that term loosely, because it's going about 285 or so, and it's seven iron, six iron, eight iron from the fairway, because it, it was a display last week, and and look, if there's anyone right for ripe for a victory right now, it's got to be Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood, Cantlay, Cantlay, Rom, Rom, Hovland, Hovland, Rory, McElroy are the outrights, the extra best bets on anything that we want. Greg, I'm going to bounce this back to you. It's a name we have not chatted about just yet. Where'd you go? I went to Corey Connors uh, for a top 20 at plus 110. Uh, he has been elite off the tee for a long time. Uh, that continues. Also reminds me of Oak Hill, where he was in, in the mix until that fairway bunker jumped out of nowhere on 16, just like it did for Victor Hovland. Uh, but the other thing that I really like about what Corey Connors has done of late is the short game is definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, the putter is trending in the right direction. So I, I think this is kind of a perfect setup for Corey Connors and the top 20 feels very safe and that may be us underestimating him here. Mark, you have found another golfer who has found a bit of a putting resurgence here in 2023 and you're asking him to finish inside the top 20. Who is it? I am. But before I go there, I, I love your bet. <laughs> I really do. I wish I could have found that. Um, yeah, I'm going with Grillo for a top 20. Um, he just looks like the game's coming easy to him right now. And the most important thing for a guy who's always been a sound ball striker is when things aren't going right, um, it, it looks like he's not getting too panicked. Uh, old Emiliano, uh, Emiliano 1.0, I would say, would try to force shots, maybe hit iron shots that weren't on, and then put a whole lot of pressure on the short game. Right now, if it's not there, he's just allowing the putter to sort of pick him out of trouble. So I feel like he'll just hang around, hang around, and get himself easily inside the top 20 for plus 150. Yeah, my wager is Wyndham Clark round one over 71 and a half. There's a chance 71 and a half is the scoring average. Yeah, that's a good score then. <laughs> based on, yeah, and Wyndham Clark's been spraying it all over the yard. He lost 11 strokes ball striking last week. Yeah, he could shoot a 72 and not lose all that much to the field. So I think that number is a little bit 
a little bit off. So I'll pick on Wyndham Clark here just a bit. KP, round us out for your best bet of the week. Yeah, Victor Hovland, top 10. I, I I am just convinced, Rick, that he hit it the best of anybody in the field last week. I, I think he thrives on difficult golf courses like this. He played great at Oak Hill again, like, like has been mentioned. So I, I love him to finish in the top 10 at that number. He was grinding on the range after every round. That's what he does. He did that in Phoenix this year. He was just everywhere. Man, out of his mind. A lot of work. But how about the short game? <laughs> Victor is now becoming a pitching and chipping genius. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Remember we talked about who would you want to caddy for? And I said Victor's the last guy because it's too much work. You're just constantly out there. You're just always on the range. VJ Hovland. Yeah, VJ Hovland. Wyndham Clark, round one over 71 and a half. Hovland, top 10. Connors, top 20. Grillo, top 20. Those are the best bets. We have one last thing to do. We have to reveal our one and done selections. $3.6 million to the winner. We'll do that after a quick word from our partners. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. And we're back. One and done. Kyle, you're up first. $10 million. Uh, you can add 3.6 to it this week. If you find a winner, you are by yourself. Who'd you pick? Uh, well, first of all, Joe Musa's in, in the comments right now, and he said uh, he wants in the one and done next year. Listen, Joe, you can you can probably have my spot if you, if you want. <laughs> We're going to relegate I mean, Kyle out of this thing anyway. <laughs> Really yeah, I'll go down with uh, – I don't know who I'll go down with. There's nobody even to go go down to. But, yeah, Joe, you're in next year if, if you want it. Uh, I picked Hideki. Uh, Hidex was uh, – he was good last week. He's he's He missed the cut at Wyndham, uh, which was not great. But other than that, he's been he's been solid. He, I think he's finishing T16 every week. So I need him – I need a little bit more out of him than that. But I he's playing for something. He's trying to get into Eastlake. Um, yeah, I, I just, he was kind of the best option I had. If I I'm playing Rory next week, just to try to make it respectable, uh, to, so I don't finish last and Hideki, I had to go with Hideki this week. Hideki has been a fixture at Eastlake, huh, Rick? I mean, every year I've been there, Hideki's been. Yeah. Yeah. He's really, really consistent. Well, he's going to have to do something, uh, something special. Make sure he gets there yet again. Now here is the most popular selection. Patrick myself and Greg have all found the same golfer. I'm okay with this because uh, I, 
I have a clear path to the top. So Greg, you might, you and I and Patrick, we can, we can move up the board together. Who, who do we have this week? Let's move up the board together with Corey Connors. Uh-huh. Uh, I, again, I, I think Rick, if you're looking at this, you're probably thinking the Oak Hill comparison. Mm-hmm. You look at this and say, it's a ball strikers Haven. It's a flush flush kind of golf course. Heck yeah. Corey <laughs> Connors is your guy. It, this it just seems like a, uh, an absolutely perfect fit. And I don't have a lot of ammunition left in the yeah, tank. That was my main reason, Greg. Yeah, I, and, then, right. and then when I started looking around, I said, well, he played well at Oak Hill. <laughs> Let me yeah, right. Now let's find the reason. <laughs> the other thing is, at least in my strategy, uh, I want the guys, I don't really, the guys I have remaining that are near the top of the FedEx Cup, I don't necessarily feel great about this week. So I want to save all of them and see who I fe- see who plays best this week. See who I think fits East like best next week. Who's highest rank? Whatever, whatever the. No, I just want to have some chances next week. I want to have some options. So, hey, the the people want to know who you're picking for the BMW Championship. Yes. What's your name and who are you picking? What's your uh, name? What's your name? Jack. Who are you picking? A lot. Uh, just the golf tournament this week. I don't know. Well, just pick somebody. I forgot. Well, just say some anybody. Do you know a golfer? Yes. Let's, let's tell me. Who you got? Roy. Rory? Okay. Jude, who, who you got? Scheffler. Okay. Oh, there you that's go. Gonna be, that's going to be our walk-off. We're, gonna, we're heading out to the Rangers Angels. Goodbye. We'll see you guys. Have a great yes. night. Yes. Have fun. Enjoy the game. <laughs> boys. Bye. See ya. Good, good job. Uh, Sia Najat is gone with Cam Davis. The fans, they're going to try a little bit of Lucas Glover magic just one more time. Kyle M has gone with Max Homa. And Mark, you have stuck to your plan, or at least the one you gave us a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and chosen who? I'm going with Marikawa. But first off, uh, for the fans who were goading me in the uh, chat to go with Lucas, uh, I don't see why, if you're trying to catch me, you would want me to do that. But anywho, um, yeah, because they, they don't know who their pick was until about three, five <laughs> seconds ago when I revealed it. <laughs> Anyhow, this is from Rick Sessinghouse, coach to my pick for the week. I texted him and I'm like, hey, Rick, looks like Colin trended positively last week. And he goes, yes, he is almost there. And so I'm I'm going with uh, almost there, Morikawa. Again, U.S. Open style venue. I thought he played from the fairway a whole bunch last week. Looked like the trajectory control and the distance control was sound. And look, um, it's I, I need him to have a decent finish like I had Hovland last week. And then uh, we'll just line up the big gun uh, in Eastlake. Uh, that's the plan. Mark is uh, sourcing inside information for his one and done selections. Yeah, put another asterisk. <laughs> texting coaches. He's asking around. He's seeing who's feeling good, who's feeling sour, who's got the stomach bug. But but that's the thing. I mean, you guys go to strokes gain metrics. Why don't you just get the real information, huh? Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah. Uh, now, Mark, if nothing else, he's working hard on this. Yeah. I mean, meddling with meddling with players during rain delays, yep. all kinds of stuff going on. Yep. He's put the hex on golfers. Now he's reaching out for some some insight. It's 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 good work by you, Mark. Now here's what could play spoiler to a well oiled plan. Things that have gone mostly the way you want for the entire year. If Max wait, Homa, wait, 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 
you were just just two short weeks ago saying, oh, my goodness, you've missed four of five yeah. cuts and only made $75,000. Yeah. Now you're calling it a well-oiled plan? Please. Well, I, was, I was just, I was just, you know, I was just Hello, trying to jam you up a little bit. You're, you you're winning. Yeah, see if I could get you get you into a different mind space. Um, if Max Homa beats Colin Morikawa by $1.5 million this week, Kyle M will leapfrog you. Mm-hmm. And you and then you both have Rory. Kyle yep. M would deploy Rory. Who would you deploy in defense? Well, I'd have to see the field. Um but I'm I'm trusting my guy Marikawa, who's almost there, is going to be there by the time Sunday rolls around. So we'll see what happens. This could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. One one and a half million dollars, uh, right? One yeah, one point five oh two. Yeah. So basically, you need Homa if you're rooting for that. You need <laughs> <Which> Homa. <laughs> you need Homa to finish in the top two. Hey, the only way it's possible. Yeah, how about I just pitch this one to you? How do you guys know that Kyle M is not my burner one and done account? Oh. We actually don't know that. We <laughs> don't. There is a chance that Mark has finagled a second entry into this one and done to ensure victory. <laughs> just kidding. Well, we'll confirm. If I've Kyle actually- M wins. Whether it's Mark or not, he's got to come on the show. Well, look, I will say this: in as much as what I love, one and done, I always have. Um, I'm I'm Jack for Kyle M. I mean, to put money into this, to join our game, and it's and to, to put on a, a good a good performance has has been cool to watch. Yeah, I've, I I do know uh, Kyle M is uh, a real person because I've met him and he's a very nice guy. And yes, he is putting on a great showing here. Uh, being in the mix, second place with two weeks to go. So here we go for those just listening at home. Mark, 17.2 million. Colin Morikawa. Kyle M, 15.7. Max Homa. Rick, 14.9. Corey Connors, the fans, 14.8. Lucas Glover. Sia, 12.9. Cam Davis. Greg, 12.6. Corey Connors. Patrick, 10.08. Corey Connors. Kyle, 10.03. Hideki Matsuyama. Those are the one-and-done selections for the BMW. Hey, and, and, and let's just recognize for the... Uh... Now, the, what are signature events? Used to be Desi's, right? I had 12.9-ish last year to win. So good on this, the designated events this year for the, the extra purse for us. Everybody's making more money, us included. <laughs> All right, gents. Absolute pleasure. We'll be back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, each round of the BMW Championship, and then we'll know who has punched their ticket to East Lake for now. Big thanks. Producer Josh is all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman. You can find him at Mark underscore Immelman. Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What are the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS. Monday, 9, 8 central. On CBS. And streaming on Paramount+. Plus.